is the Storymobile podcast. We are a solar-powered moving art space that travels to events and through neighborhoods to collect your stories. On December 16, 2017, Storymobile was at Mitchell Hamlin School of Law in St. Paul. Their Storymobile helped celebrate the 35th anniversary of the Dispute Resolution Center. Ranked in the top five resolution programs in the U.S., the DRC teaches mediation and creative problem solving to help deliver justice. Storymobile was there to learn more about St. Paul's Dispute Resolution Center. Can you tell me your name and how you're involved with the DRC? My name is Summer Harrison. I am a current board member of the DRC. And I got involved because I took some classes here at Mitchell Hamlin and became a mediator and then started volunteering with the DRC. What were the classes that you took? I took um, mediation, negotiation, arbitration. So are are you a a lawyer or a law school student or what? I am finishing up my master's in the study of law and master's of public administration. So no, I'm not an attorney. Can you explain what the DRC does? So we are a nonprofit organization, and we help mediate. So we have um, we are in the housing court and conciliation court down in Ramsey County, but we also do community mediation. So if you had a problem with um, your landlord or with a friend or a family member, you could say, "Hey, I don't want to go to court. I think that there's a way to save the relationship. I want to do this another way." And you can come in and have someone sit down as a neutral third party and help you work out your differences. So parenting time, parents use a lot of that in parenting time and some parenting decisions. Is it? Uh, is there a cost for the people who use the service? There are, and I'm not completely sure what it is, but I think that it. it might even be a sliding scale fee, but I'm not the expert on that. So have you been a mediator in, in this before? Are you on the board? Are you looking to be a mediator? I have um, done some mediations with um, uh, with the conciliation court, so small claims court, and as well as housing court in Ramsey County. And through the Bureau of Mediation Services, which is a state agency, I was asked to volunteer out in Falcon Heights and lead some circle groups in that community um, surrounding the shooting of Philando Castile. So I've done a lot of circle groups and keeping and things like that. Was the circle group, was that with, like, police and, like, residents? Or? So in Falcon Heights, it had residents, you had other people from surrounding communities, you had police, you had city council people, um, kind of anyone who felt that they had a vested interest would come, and they would have a topic or something that they were working on. One night was values, like community values, and then they built on that the next time, and then they continued to build on that, and they have a... They just finished summarizing everything that they had, notes, um, uh, and they did some other pieces where they did some chalk drawings of things that were important to the community and, like, next steps. How can people get involved to, to make their community a better place? So, Well, how do you know if it's successful? Um, as I said, they just published their findings this week. Uh, as far as what people would do, it kind of... It ranges, you know, with a big circle keeping like that. It's, what does the community do? I consider it successful if I even brought two neighbors together that wouldn't talk before or who were aware of something that they weren't before. So there's very, you know, it kind of 
how do you quantify success kind of thing. So. Do you have anything that you're going to be doing in the future um, that you're excited about with the DRC? Um, I am on the Programs and Services Committee, so one of the things that I want to do, I'm a relatively new board member, so one of the things that I want to do is I want to find out more about the programs and services that the DRC is currently running, present it to the board and see if these are services that we still want to go through with. And I have a few ideas of my own that I'd like to see and um, get some more people involved in the DRC, and I think it's a great way for people to have a voice. Thank you. What is your name and how are you involved with the DRC? Well, my name is John Guthman and I'm involved because uh, the Ramsey County District Court, uh, with the support of the McKnight Foundation and the National Center for State Courts, uh, did a housing court work group where we got together our justice partners and we decided to brainstorm ways of making it easier for both landlords and tenants to get fair outcomes in housing court. Uh, that might involve communication, it might involve uh, better forms, it might involve access to better uh, public funds to make sure rent gets paid in a timely way. It may involve volunteer legal representation and it may involve mediation uh, services, which are very important to give people an opportunity to resolve their issues and disputes without having to go to court because if people can solve their own problems, uh, it beats having a judge tell you what to do. Everyone is always happier when they resolve it on their own, uh, even if they're a little grumbly about having to compromise at first. How long have you been doing this for? Well, I've been a judge for almost 10 years. And you've been involved with DRC since? Well, our housing court project has been going on for a year to a year and a half, and then we concluded it over the summer, uh, the Ramsey County bench approved the recommendations in September, and now we're in the midst of implementing those recommendations. Can you think of an example of a dispute that the DRC has helped solve? Well, the beauty of it all is that most often I don't find out because it might happen before it comes to court. It might even happen before the case gets filed. I mean, that's one of the things that we're, we would like to be able to do is uh, through communication and the internet and electronic media is make sure that landlords and tenants know of the availability of the Dispute Resolution Center and get things resolved before anyone files a case. But if they do file a case, have that resource available uh, before court hearings take place or maybe between the first appearance and the trial. And so if it's really working well, I might never know. Yeah, and so have you seen a reduction in cases that you've uh, had as a judge because of the DRC? It's too early to know. The VRC's already been around for a while, but we're hoping to expand its reach. What do you see for the future? What's the expansion? Well, what I see for the future is that there are a lot of attorneys uh, out in our legal community who are looking for opportunities to help people. And I think if they volunteer their time and energy to, to the Dispute Resolution Center, that uh, there's endless opportunities uh, to reduce our caseloads and, and bring better outcomes to people. So just for the sake of an example, let's say I have a dispute with my landlord and I want to go to the DRC. How do I go about doing that? Well, I think you call them up and tell them that I've got a dispute with my landlord. 
Um, it seems to have gotten out of hand. I think we could resolve it. If we had some help, do you have a resource for us? And, then we'll and hopefully a referral would then get made. That, but that depends on you know, the dispute resolution having the resources, which are why we're, they're at a gala, why I'm attending, and, and having the volunteer attorney resources. And attorneys are obligated professionally to devote a certain amount of time to free legal services for the disadvantaged. And so attorneys are always looking for good causes um, so they can provide those services um, in a way that they feel is a productive use of their time. So organizations like the Dispute Resolution Center or SMURLs um, are wonderful, uh, Minnesota Legal Aid. Um, and those are great opportunities for lawyers to volunteer their time because they know that if they do, it's time well spent. You're welcome. Can you tell me your name and what brought you here today? What brought me here? My name is Jackie Qualley, and I am a member of the board at DRC. Have been for a couple of months and was volunteering here before that for like eight months or so. How did you become a member? Sure. So I actually go to law school here at Mitchell Hamlin. And they have a pretty close relationship, and that's how I found out about DRC. I was interested in mediation, so I do ADR stuff at school. So, What does ADR mean? Alternative Dispute Resolution. So um, it's something that we do at, DR, at the Dispute Resolution Center. Um, so specifically, mediation is what the Dispute Resolution Center does, which um, is really just... Uh, an out-of-court opportunity to solve a dispute, right? So um, this can happen with mediators coming into courts and mediating stuff that's already at court, or um, on a community basis where members of the community, instead of filing some, a claim in court or something like that, will call the Dispute Resolution Center to meet with a mediator ahead of time and try to solve it that way. So really, the mediator just acts kind of as a neutral um, that helps them have the conversation, and they come to the agreement themselves and so it's way more flexible for, to meet kind of the people's needs. Do the people who are in mediation, do they come with like lawyers and attorneys or is it just like two people who have a problem? It really depends. Sometimes they have attorneys, sometimes they don't. Um, a lot of times it depends on the dispute and it depends on the income levels realistically but uh, yeah, I mean it, it, I don't have a much better answer than that than it, it both things happen. Um, Additionally, sometimes people will bring support people. So like they might have like a family member or a friend who isn't really participating in the mediation but is there as kind of a, literally just for support, as, as somebody to, because it, it, be kind of, it can be kind of scary and it can feel kind of like court just because you have someone, someone else so that you don't know there, but it's, it's not, it's not. So it's a, um, a lot more flexible for the, for the parties, like I was saying, but yeah. Have you been able to, to mediate anything? Yeah, yeah. I mediated in court and a little bit in the community setting. It's it's definitely fun and it's definitely helpful. Um, people can set up payment plans and they can get out of having judgments against them in cases where really it's just miscommunication or something that they would want to solve if they actually had a chance to sit down. So, yeah. Yeah. Can you start off by telling me your name and how you're involved with DRC? My name is Kathleen Erickson, and my husband is a mediator. And so he does mediation through the St. Paul 
um, office here and he's gotten more involved uh, and really enjoys it and so I support him and that and that's what I do. <laughs> I am open to his running off to mediation not only in St. Paul but in Anoka, wherever it's needed and he's, he's really good at it and mediation is such a needed um, program and it's growing in the Twin Cities. Um, more and more people have solved problems by sitting down and having somebody help them figure it out. And I think it's taking some of the pressure off the courts. I know that the judges really love having the mediators come in. So I'm so supportive of him and that's basically what I do. I support my husband who's a mediator. <laughs> what, what makes a good mediator? A um, good mediator is someone who listens. First thing. And the second thing is they can see where the conflict is between the two of them and really can define it for them. They may not have even realized what the conflict was. The saddest ones, of course, are the families where the children are involved and someone wants to see a child more than the other one will allow. And those are very, very sad, but Larry's really good with that. He's older, he has a family, he's gone through a lot of stuff. So he's really good at, at understanding what the conflict is. Now, whether they can solve that conflict or not, that's up to them. But if he can isolate it and get them to agree on certain things, then they can work towards that. And that's what I feel is a good mediator is all about. Can't solve the problems, but they can help identify them. So uh, a more personal question, if you guys have arguments at home, does he try to be the mediator? Um, Larry has a very reasonable sense about him. So when I start flying off, you know, into la-la land, he'll say, now just a minute. <laughs> so it can be annoying, but he's right. He's really good. He kind of like stops it before it even starts. He he's, sees where it can yeah. go. But on the other hand, I help him see things that he wouldn't ordinarily see. So it, it, it's a very good relationship. But he's really good for stabilizing any kind of things that because he, he really he has a, he has a, a sense of knowing what the situation is about. You know that we may not even be aware of. How long has he been doing it for? He's been a mediator, it's going on four years, I think. He's done 230 mediations. Yep. He uh, did a lot of mediating, mediation in Anoka. And then he has been affiliated somewhat with St. Paul, and now there'll be more and more affiliation with St. Paul. So... What did he do before, uh, four years ago? He, what did he do for work? Yeah. He's a business, he's a businessman. He helps a lot of new businesses get started. So that's what he has been doing for a long time. And so what made him decide to go into mediation? We talked about it one time. And I, I'm into numerology and astrology. And I did his numerology for him. He won't. I think he's okay with this. And I said, Larry, this would be really good for you. You know? So he went and took the training, and he has continued to upgrade his training. Whatever comes up, he completely upgrades all the time. 
and he's never hesitates to do mediations, never turns him down. So that's why he's he's a good mediator. Do you have to have certain experience to take the training to become a mediator? No. A lot of people just, it's in their heart that they want to help. And so they can take the training, but it's whether, how, how far they want to go with this. Do they want to continue? I mean, like Larry, doing what he's done is really commendable in, in the short time. But he loves it, he's good at it, and he's called on all the time. Do is I it, sound like a proud wife? You do. Yeah. <laughs> is that in your numerology? Too? Yeah, it is. It is. I'm, I'm a good. I'm a good wife. <laughs> well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, can you tell me your name and your involvement with DRC? Yeah, uh, my name is Erin Finn. Um, I'm a Vista member at DRC. And I work specifically with the youth programs. I'm a youth programs liaison. So kind of teaching kids about conflict resolution, mediation, leading some restorative justice circles, all that fun stuff. The, the youth that you work with, where are they out of schools or where are they from? Um, we work primarily in the Mount Airy Community Center, which is a public housing community center. We also work at the Boys and Girls Club in Mount Airy, which is also primarily the public housing community. Um, and we also do some work with schools, but I specifically work in Mount Airy. Can you describe like a, a session or, or a, like a classroom setting that, how, how it goes like when you get there? Definitely. So at the Boys and Girls Club specifically, we usually have dinner with the kids, um, just kind of talk, hang out, and then we lead a circle, have them, mostly teen boys come in, and uh, we lead a circle, ask them some introductory questions, and then continue from there. Um, kind of try to get into some identity questions, some questions about relationships, about identity, some different stuff. So so in the circle, everybody takes a turn going around sharing? Right. right. We have a talking piece, and that gives everyone a chance to get to say something and pass it on to the next person. Everyone gets a chance to speak if they want to um, and feel heard. I had one student specifically say, I feel like adults never listen to me, but here I can say whatever I want and people always will be able to hear me. So it was nice. <laughs> um, besides that, what is your favorite thing about doing this kind of work? Um, my favorite thing is learning um, about how to empathize with people and how to listen. I think uh, there's not enough listening in this world and every opportunity you get to really hear somebody out is beautiful, <laughs> truly beautiful. Did you know about dispute resolution before you got this job? I did not. Uh, I kind of took it on a whim. I was a theater major, so I loved empathy and listening and hearing people out, but never actually understood exactly what community mediation and uh, restorative justice was. So it's a great opportunity to learn. Has it changed uh, like the way you handle like your personal relationships with people, your dispute training? Yeah, I think it... I often, before I respond, take five or ten seconds. Um, I think that's one thing. It just trained me in uh, impulse control, just thinking, breathing it in, then responding instead of just immediately responding. I think that's the biggest thing it's taught me. Um, and just patience. Patience. <laughs> All right. Thank you.
Thank you. Appreciate it. Can you tell me your name and how you became involved with the DRC? Yes, Larry Erickson. And um, I became involved with the DRC uh, by first doing conciliation court volunteering in other areas, other areas of the state for other mediation centers. And I got a call from Jane White Schneeweiss, and she said, how would you like to be on the board here? Uh, and uh, I live in St. Paul in the Battle Creek area. And I said, I would just be delighted to do that. So it was by invitation. When you said you were doing work with other conciliation courts, what type of work were you doing with them? Well, the, the, each of the mediation centers in the state uh, have some similar programs and some different programs, but almost all of them uh, have arrangements with the court to provide mediators for conciliation court. Conciliation court is a court of, uh, it's not a court of record, there's not uh, a stenographer taking notes, that kind of thing. Uh, and you don't have to have lawyers, you can represent yourself, pro se they call it, you represent yourself without a lawyer, and it's in, informal. And what the judges do is before they will hear a case, they say to people gathered in the courtroom, they say, okay, we're gonna, uh, I want you to go outside and meet with a mediator and see if you can work it out. And what's so good about that is that if we can work something out out of court, if you're the plaintiff, you generally have a much better chance of getting paid because the, the defendant will work out a time payment plan with you or something like that, which you can't do if you go to a trial. And if you're the defendant and you were to lose, go in and have trial and lose, you could have a mark on your credit record. So both parties have an incentive to go out, talk to one another, which many of them have never done, talk it out, and what the mediator helps to make the marriage and say, okay, it's in both of your interests, let's talk. It's hard, but let's talk. So it's very rewarding work because it's good for the defendant and it's good for the plaintiff. Yeah. When you say it's rewarding, has it kind of moved over into your personal life uh, being a mediator? Can you think of an example where it's helped you? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, I've done uh, about 230 mediations so far in the last four years um, with court in, in conciliation court and with shared parenting and a few community mediations as well. And uh, w whenever I'm driving home, I'll call my wife and I'll say, uh, I'll, I'll give her uh, some comments about my experience. And uh, if, it's, if I'm mediating a, a dispute between two divorced parents about the scheduling time with their children, uh, I will say to her often, I think, quote, I'll say, I think tonight little Jimmy Isaac, whatever his name is, is a little better off tonight than he was last night. A little bit. So because we were able to get the parents to stop arguing, to talk about things and to work out something. When we do uh, this other form of, of mediation we do is called shared parenting. And before we start those, we have the parents sitting on opposite sides of the table. Usually there's two mediators. And we ask them to bring a picture of their child and put it in the front. 
and invariably when they start talking, it's all about them. Oh, it's inconvenient. I can't be driving that far to come and pick my son up. Uh, you know, I need to have you move closer or this or that. It's all about them. And so we have to stop and we say, would you look in the center of the table at the picture? That's who we're here today for, not this. It's not about you guys. It's about Isaac or, or, or Miles or who, whoever it is. So in those cases, especially when children are involved, it's deeply, deeply personal and deeply uh, rewarding for me. But also in civil disputes it is too because you know that sometimes if they went to trial they might get a, a judgment against them, they might not be able to pay, they then will have their house taken away from them or something, you know, so if you can stop that from happening and get something reasonable to happen, it's a very rewarding. So. Besides going through like the dispute resolution training that they offer, did you have any other experience doing this? Well, uh, I have... Um, I began my career, let me see, in 1969, uh, and I worked in the state of Alabama for the Justice Department in desegregation of schools. So I traveled into the rural areas of Alabama working with superintendents to make uh, for example, a school district would have two sets of buses, one for black kids and one for white kids. We worked with the superintendent to consolidate them and to try to get, you know, so they could be more efficient and also be more racially uh, uh, equality and, and dignity for all the people. So that was, that was kind of how I started my career. Um, and then um, over the years, I've always tried to stay involved in service of some kind, Boy Scouts for many, many years with my son. Uh, and now with the kids all gone, uh, uh, and my wife having told me that she read the cards and did my numerology and did my astrocartography and she thought I should be a mediator, I followed her advice and went for training. And every year we're required to keep our status with the Minnesota Supreme Court. We're required to do a certain amount of training. And generally I do about twice what's required. I do about 30 hours a year of, of training and all kinds of things dealing with helping people through the mediation process so it's a it's a learning process and right now I'm I'm continuing to, to do that yeah Thank you. okay final question what do you think the best quality is to have as a mediator oh oh so I'll have to think about that just a minute here um, uh, the success of mediation depends on your ability to stay up and out of the conflict and to be able to listen carefully and determine the interests of the people, not their positions. So someone says, I want three days a week, I want somebody says two days a week, that's their positions. But what, what is the person saying three days a week? Are they saying that uh, I just miss my child and I need to have more time? Or are there, is their interest their convenience? Or what is it? Once, if you, if, you, if you do understand the interests of the people at the table, then you can ask those questions. You never, you never attack anybody, but you ask questions to get them thinking about where they are. And generally, then that softens people, their hearts, and they're willing to, to talk. So I think the willingness, the ability to uh, listen in a very uh, astute way to the people as they're talking and understand their interests. Thank you. You're welcome. Tell me your name and how you're involved with DRC. <laughs> My name is Oscar Reed. 
and uh, my involvement uh, has has been um, goes back a ways, about 20 years. Um, I've been doing restorative practice work in schools for a long time, and um, that's how that's my involvement with the with DRC. How did you get involved with the restorative practice in schools? Um, as, uh, how did I get involved? Well, they found out uh, the type of work I did, and some of the schools I went into to, to demonstrate the process, and the teachers and the administrators like it, and they invited me back. Um, some schools invited me in because they've heard about the work I've done uh, around the country and, and in, in other states. What Can you describe some of the work you've, you've done? Well, it's circle. Uh, it's a restorative process. Um, circle is a very old, ancient uh, approach to conflict and crime. Um, it uh, is a process where everybody is considered uh, equal. And um, you, um, you look at accountability as opposed to punishment. So when you would go into schools, you would gather the students in a circle. Could you describe kind of the, the process of step-by-step of, of mediating that circle? Well, when I go into a school, if, if, if I'm not going for a, a, a specific reason, you know, other than just to demonstrate what circus is all about and, and get everyone to, um, to participate, um, it's just a, just a matter of sitting in a circle and, and uh, uh, opening it up to have the kids talk about uh, you know what their life is like can you think of a specific example of maybe how how this work has has changed you personally oh wow um it it has changed the way I um it has changed the way I, I approach conflict and um, it has changed the way I see people. You know, um, it, 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 it helps you look at the core as opposed to, um, it's, it's difficult to explain. <laughs> it's really difficult to explain, but uh, it's just a different approach to dealing with harm and conflict. So. Is there a, a student or a person that you worked with that has really stuck out um, in your mind as like a, a, a good example of someone who's benefited from circle work? Mm, wow. Um, I, I see uh, the benefit of circle all the time. You know, it's um, I, I can give you a couple examples. Like, for instance, um, 
let's say, a, a, a young student in school who's been suspended num- numerous of times because uh, he, get, he has a conflict with his classmates and teachers, and he, they get, he gets suspended. And nobody ever bothered to find out what's behind that, you know. And what's and what I've seen Circle do is to explore with this student, along with the classmates, and make it possible and comfortable for him to um, talk about it, and to explore it, and uh, and when that happens, changes take place. Okay, final question. <laughs> What is your favorite thing about doing this work? What's my favorite thing? Wow. Uh, getting to know people. You know, you could be in a classroom or, or a group for for a long time and never really get to know anybody. But if you, if you sit in a circle and, uh, and you can look into the eyes of people that, uh, that are in circle with you, you you. You, you have a tendency to really uh, share and open up. It, you know, you, first of all, you have to make it comfortable for them to be able to do that. And that takes some skills. What, is that just time spent with the person, or how, how do you get people no, to open up? It's not necessarily the time. It's the process of, of, the, of the procedures. It's the process of the circle, you know. Um, first of all, you, you sit in a circle, and, and there's, there's nothing... Um, to to block you, you know. You can see the eyes of everyone in the circle, and uh, if you ask the right questions, and if you if you use the process correctly, um, you can you can get to a point where people will feel comfortable uh, comfortable enough to to share things that they wouldn't normally share in a group. That's, that's what knowing how to facilitate a circle. Uh, uh, yes, a circle should be uh, a place where if a stranger looked into the room and, and saw everyone sitting in a circle, they wouldn't be able to tell who the leader is. And... Um, because everyone is on the same level. And that's that's the approach that should be taken. You know, is that uh, there, there are no leaders in the circle. There are facilitators, but uh, not necessarily a leader. Anyway. <laughs> To hear more stories, learn more about Storymobile, and to find out where we'll be pedaling off to next, visit storymobile.org.